Welcome to this special edition of Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we are collaborating with the Enthuse Foundation, who support female entrepreneurs through education, mentorship, and grant funding. Emily and Drew were winners in last year's pitch competition, which was held in November of 2023. They are co-founders of Resist, a healthy snack, plant-based nutrition bar. Drew joins us from New York City and Emily from Culver City, California. They join us today to share their experience as co-founders and how receiving a grant has created opportunities for positive change and growth. It is my pleasure to introduce and welcome both Drew and Emily. Hello, thank you for having us. Well, I guess I should start by congratulations to you both on becoming one of the grant recipients for the event. Um, I know that Drew was your uh, your lead person, and as I watched it online, so she was the one up there doing the pitch for you. So, um, congratulations to you both. I'm sure that it's been uh, really quite wonderful. You've you've got what about five months under your belt now since um, since the grant happened. So, what's happened since last November? What's changed in your business? Emily, give us an idea as to what's changed since you received this grant. Yeah, we've been going through a lot of retail growth within the last few months, but focusing more um, on the grant, we've been able to apply it to ads. We've never paid for ads up until a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, finally put the bullet and went for it. And Drew's been masterminding behind it. And we've just seen such... We've seen successes, but we've also seen falls from it, but we're learning That's so right. much and it's it's really been exciting to try out. Well, you know, now Drew, give us a little bit of any ideas to your experience doing the pitch because there was not only um, a live audience virtual, which is where I was participating, but you also had an audience in person. So what was that like to, to present your business and in front of that live audience? Yeah, we're we're lucky in the sense that we have been able to pitch before and each time you do it, you get better and better and it gets more and more natural. And you also start to recognize what people are responding to. So mm -hmm. and then expand on those areas and focus. And I think, you know, so lucky to be someone who has acting training because it definitely helps up on stage. <laughs> Make you a little bit more relaxed. You know, I think mm -hmm. also something that I've I've realized is that you know, it's so easy to fall into a kind of motor mouth situation and just find yourself speeding through. Um, but what we found is that it is so much more valuable to really take your time and focus on the elements that really mean something and really mm -hmm. matter to you and that you've also seen the audience respond to previously, then try and fit everything in. And we only had four minutes up on stage. So exactly. You probably could tell like we were every um, participant was really trying to fit it all in. So sure. it's really hard to fit a business. You basically, I mean, all founders, I think, feel mm -hmm. this way. It's your baby. You know, how right. can you fit this, you know, immense thing into just four minutes? And so, you know, I think we uh, with the with you know, plenty of practice and, um, you know, just lots of zhuzhing. We definitely got there, but I think uh, it was our best pitch yet. And I guess, you know, you get better and better every time. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I really love that you, you mentioned it takes practice because I think, you know, when you're a viewer watching things like that, you think, oh, you know, that looks so easy, but there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes, especially to make sure 
that that deck is really crisp and you've got everything that you need, you know, to convey. Now, Emily, we know that Drew's background is marketing. And give us a little bit of insight into the area of expertise that you bring into this co-founder relationship. Yeah, so I've been, my background is the food world. Um, Carnival started when I was a little girl. I was raised without red meat. We never had box cereal in the house. So I was always very conscious of food and the impact it had on your health. Um, so undergrad, I had my master's in marketing and communications. And then after undergrad, I really realized all the issues in the food industry and I needed to be a part of it to help fix it and just bring awareness. So I went back to school and I got my master's in food studies from NYU um, just to really learn more and become more well-versed with everything that was going on. Worked for a few food startups and then I met Drew through NYU. So food has just always really been my path, my career path. And I've always known that I've wanted to be part of a startup to help change the industry and bring the conversations to life. Well, you know, what I find really interesting, and maybe it's unique to your co-founder relationship, is you're on both sides of the continent, right? I mean, one's in the East and one's in the West. Now, that must have pros and cons, right? So maybe, Drew, you can give us an indication as to what would be one of the wonderful things that happens when you have those two polar opposite areas geographically, and what is one of the challenges? Definitely a benefit is that your reach expands, you know, it really takes divide and conquer to a new level, um, which is amazing when you're in the food space, because, you know, the goal is to expand, 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 reach as many people as possible, um, you know, focus on our mission to become more accessible and make it really easy to eat for blood sugar on the go. So getting into more hands, um, that is definitely made much more simple and easy. And it also helps us divide work in some ways. It's like, I'm focusing on this area and you're focusing on that area and we can do that separately, even if we're focusing on kind of the same day-to-day -day activities. Um, there's obviously some cons to not being together. You know, it definitely forces us to be really intentional with our time because when you're a three-hour difference, you know, we only have five real hours of working time where we can really be engaging together and focusing. That's a pro and a con because it does give us both three hours bookended on each other's day to just really zero in on what we are personally working on and just knock that stuff out before the day really starts. But it's definitely inspired us to get really creative with the way that we set up our schedules um, so that we can really be as you know productive as possible. Um, but I will say, I think that the pros definitely outweigh the cons. Um, and it's definitely led us both, I think, and Emily, I hope you agree here, to be very independent and be able to achieve things fast and on our own so that when we come back together, we can just move quickly. And as a two-person team, that is like invaluable. Yeah, for sure. Emily, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the, on the pros and cons? Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything Drew said. Plus, <laughs> me being here, you get a better version of me than me living in New York. Um, but yeah, I the cons are obviously the time difference, but I think that we've managed our schedules and our meetings and how the day looks very well. Um, and just, again, like being able to be in two different markets, two different consumers, because what I've noticed living in New York, NLA, the health and wellness, blood sugar, stability, like our customer looks very different in each city. 
even though they have the same interests, is a very different person. So being able to interact with the both of them and understanding them at different levels has been super interesting and very insightful to where we want to grow, how we're messaging, and even places we're demoing or reaching out to. So since you've received the grant and you've got all of this wonderful intel through the Enthuse Foundation, because I know they share a lot of business and marketing tips with you along the way to sort of support your growth uh, within your own industry. But what would one of the things be that you've noticed? You know, you mentioned that you were able to go into paid advertising because that's a huge leap, right? I mean, we all know that in the beginning, we're pouring the money back into the business in terms of product development and, you know, the various ways in which you're touching on the retail market. Now, one of the ways that you were marketing was you were marketing through various organizations that would help you. Uh, expand your reach through the medical profession. So have you gone now direct to consumer in the retail space? Yes. So we've kind of, when we first started, we definitely were like, we're going to be omni-channel. We're going to hit our direct consumer website, our Amazon. We're going to reach people in stores. And we definitely started out as far as our go-to-market retail-wise with doctor's offices, medical spas. We have found kind of on a separate note, like engaging with doctors as a recommender um, has been a really, really powerful thing because when you're recommended a product by a medical professional, it is, you know, builds trust, builds trust and you're, yeah. you don't, you don't change the brand once you do that. So it's definitely helped with our lifetime value and definitely driven people into stores, which we're super excited about. Um, but like you said, when you're pouring money back into the business, it makes you really, really analyze cash flow. So that's been something we've been thinking a lot about because I'm sure most founders out there, regardless um, of industry, if they're product focus, know that you know your best margin is going to be with your your own your own channel. Your so own your channels, yeah. uh, site. And so that has been we've poured a ton of effort into that and beautifying that and making sure that yes, when we are paying for those ads, we are driving people to a site that they can trust that they that they right. know that we know will convert them. Um, but on the other side, we're also, you know, at the same time, focusing very intently on retail. And this has definitely been the year of retail for us um, and will be for, for the foreseeable months um, as we really focus on expanding. And a part of that is engaging with distribution. So that has been, you know, a big part of our lives and really zeroing in on, on setting ourselves up for success. Right, for sure. Now, Emily, what about distribution and manufacturing of the product? Because growth and development doesn't happen if the product's going to be late. So how has that impacted your day-to-day? -day? Because clearly, you know, your divide and conquer, I love your divide and conquer attitude, but clearly that means, well, one's working on marketing, the other one must be working on product distribution and manufacturing. So has that affected your day-to-day, -day, um, you know, to-do list? Yeah, we've definitely put in some more meetings, I guess. Um, so regular conversation with our co-packer um, just to make sure we're on the same page, go over feedback we're getting from customers about the recipe, how to make them better. So we definitely implemented a lot more conversations with, in regards to that. And then distribution, we've really narrowed in on focusing more time on distribution and making those connections. So we've scheduled two days a week, big chunks of time to reach out to retailers by phone call. 
um, which has been such a game changer in our outreach method and making those connections. So we've really just kind of restructured our days and our meetings for to build on that. You know what? I love the fact that you're making telephone calls with retailers because, you know, in our digital world, everybody thinks all we have to do is send an email or send someone a DM. And that's the only way that, you know, we businesses will flourish without that one-to-one -one connection. But it's not true. I seriously feel that we really do need to pick up the phone. So I love the fact that you're making a connection with your distribution channels by actually talking to them. Yeah. And I will say I've actually really grown to love that period. I like would love to just send an email or a DM, but getting on the phone, they've also like people have also been so nice. We've been focusing on Texas lately and the people answering the phone have been so nice and it's just been such a great conversation as well and also mm -hmm. when you're working remotely and working from home by yourself sure. being able to have those conversations too it's actually been really nice well it's kind of inspirational right because when they tell you how wonderful your product is or they give you feedback direct to consumer feedback it can be really motivating to yeah. say oh my gosh we're doing the right thing right we're on the right path totally. because i think as founders we often think oh geez am i really doing the right thing like is, is, you know, I've had this great idea and I have so much, but it's taking so long because sometimes it feels like it's taking forever, right? Yeah. To to get to market and to see the cash flow to Drew's point, right? I yeah. mean, taking a look at cash flow gets really sticky in year two and three. Yeah. Right? And it's stressful. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Now, in terms of mentorship, because I know part of the grant program through Enthuse is they connect you with various different industry leaders. So has there been one individual or a topic that has come to across your desk that you've been connecting with someone that's really made push the needle for growth and development? So with the, with the grant that we won, it was the audience choice grant. So as far as mentorship, it's mostly focused on kind of the Enthuse foundation itself, right. uh, which is definitely more marketing and pitch focused. So, right. I mean, as, and I think I might've said this in our, in our first conversation, but the pitch feedback has been incredibly, incredibly helpful. And I think, again, it, it goes to like, this is your baby and you have so many thoughts and ideas of what you should say and, and how detailed you want to get. And like, oh, but I need to explain X, Y, Z. And they've been incredibly helpful to be like, you can't say it all in this amount of time. And right. what you just need to get across is, you know, the main idea, the main points, and the fact that your your slides can't be insanely detailed. Right. Because you have probably 10 seconds or 15 seconds for someone to be looking at the slide. And you also really want them to be paying attention to what you're saying. For sure. So that has been incredibly helpful. And and in the years since, because we've applied multiple times, and this is obviously the time that we were able to compete and win. But in the past years as well, uh, we had, you know, the opportunity to have, you know, them look at our pitch deck multiple times, sure. really sure. watch that growth, which was amazing. And uh, yeah, we, we have more meetings coming up with them. So that's another opportunity for us to, you know, continue this relationship. Do you get to reconnect with the other folks who were presenting and pitching at the same time? Because clearly you all have some symmetry in, I mean, it's, it's 
designated specifically for food and beverage industry. So we all know that you have some similarities in, and maybe even target markets may be similar. But do you get the chance, like Emily was was a little bit out of the loop because she was in California, you were in New York. Have you had a chance, Emily, to meet with some of the other founders virtually to sort of share your stories? Yeah, I haven't. Um, that's a great point, though. I do think we should follow up with them. I think that those are great conversations to have, and we've yeah. gotten so much insight from other female founders. So that's definitely a useful resource that we appreciate. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I think that we forget is we can just ask. Totally. Right. We're so intimidated sometimes to think that, oh, I don't want somebody to think I don't know that. Or, you know, if I'm running my own business, I'm supposed to know everything. Right. But sometimes just picking up the phone and asking, you can get so much more information. And there's such a wealth and breadth of sharing that can happen. And I I would assume that, you know, when I was listening to the other uh, pitches, you know, there's so many amazing businesses out there. Why not help each other? Right. Yeah. Totally. And we've made a point to talk with other female founders and have become really close with a lot of them. And every time we have these calls, it's so refreshing and it's it's almost like a therapy session because you yeah. go back and forth based on what you're doing, but also the issues. And you realize that like there is no rule book. We're all kind of just out here doing it. And if someone has a tip that works for them, it's so great hearing and also being able to share. Those relationships are so important. Now, one of the things that we do in our guest blog as part of our series is we ask folks to share three words of advice for other would-be entrepreneurs or for those business owners who are getting ready for the next phase of growth and development. So I'm going to ask each of you for three words of advice and then sort of wrap up your contribution to our our conversation by telling us why you feel that those three words are really important. Because you've got a little bit of experience now uh, under your belt. And so, you know, with that comes expertise that you can share with other people. So Emily, why don't you share your three words of advice? I would say building a good support system is so important. People that will just listen, they might not get what's going on, but they're there for you. The listen has been super important. Um, Giving yourself a break and maybe a little distance from your business because the worst thing you can do is like just kind of get fatigued from it and overwhelmed by it. So being able to take a step back, give yourself break, a break makes it much more enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. Um, And lastly, just kind of own it. Like, you're doing something amazing. You're doing something no one else has done before. There's no rules. You kind of make it your own and just own what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. True. Yeah. So last time I think I said, um, don't give up. And I like still really stand by that. Don't give up. Like you can outlast the rest of the people for sure. As, and you'll learn so much along the way, but I'd like to add another one to, to that one. Um, and it's, I was going to say, just do it. I realized that's been taken. Um, <laughs> and, uh, do it now is going to be my new one. Yeah, because, that's so true. Think, you know, our experience with ads is a really good example of that. It's like, we had so many reasons to do it and so many reasons to be safe and to be careful. Um, when, this is, you know, it's a risky thing to do to start a business. So you might as well be bold and do it now. And you learn and you analyze and you can always take a few steps back and you can always take a few steps forward. Like Emily said, and I love it. It's like, there are no rules. You're making the rules. So might as well just do it now. 
Well, you know what? I absolutely love that because I, I can remember, you know, when I first started my first business, it seemed like there was this ridiculous rule book and we were all, you know, knocking ourselves out to try to follow the rules until you actually realize, yeah, there are no rules. And, <laughs> you know, and your leadership skills come into play as well as your lifestyle goals and choices, right? So you have to make whatever it is that you feel really passionate about work for you. And I really love the fact that the two of you as co-founders have this wonderful opportunity with an East Coast and West Coast mentality to combine those things for success in your, in your business venture. So kudos to you both. Um, I'd like to thank you both for, for joining me. And we certainly wish you continued success in the future. And maybe we can continue to stay in touch and you can give us some highlights as things go along. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much. If you'd like to connect with our guests, their contact information will be found in the description portion below. And I'd like to extend a special thanks to the team at the Enthuse Foundation for all the work that they do to support business innovation and the journey to success. We invite you to subscribe to our channel, Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, which is found on YouTube, and visit our website, shareyourstories.online where we feature business stories from international entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders celebrating their great ideas. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to meeting you next time for another edition of Keeping It Real.